Welcome to Inside Muskegon, the podcast featuring Jason Pisecki. Now, Inside Muskegon. Welcome to Inside Muskegon. This is episode number seven. I'm Jason Pisecki. The Inside Muskegon podcast is a weekly show featuring interviews with community leaders and comments from everyday people from Muskegon, Michigan. The goal of the podcast is to engage Muskegonites in a dialogue about the issues that affect our everyday lives. This week's show features an interview with Tracy Lorenz, commentary on the interview, listener feedback, and information on contacting Inside Muskegon. I wanted to start out this episode by thanking Dave Alexander, the business editor at the Muskegon Chronicle, for the recent story he did which appeared on the front page of the paper on the podcast. Dave and I spent quite a bit of time talking about podcasting and blogging in uh, preparation for the article, and he put together a lot of great information, not just on this podcast, but about podcasting in general, and how people who really aren't familiar with the technology can maybe get into podcasting. There was also, there was a follow-up poll that they had in the Chronicle the following day about how many people have ever downloaded a podcast before, and the results were that 52% of the people had here in Muskegon and 48 of the respondents hadn't yet. So that's just great that Muskegonites are getting into it and embracing the new technology. So thank you very much, Dave. I really appreciate your support for the podcast. And there's a link on Inside Muskegon to the article under the press section on our website. So check it out if you haven't had a chance to do so yet. Now on to our interview. This week's interview is with Tracy Lorenz, who writes the Lorenz at Large column in the Muskegon Chronicle. So this was definitely our week for the Chronicle here. With that said, let's get on to the Tracy Lorenz interview. I'm here with Tracy Lorenz, columnist and feature writer at the Muskegon Chronicle. I want to thank you for taking the time out with Inside Muskegon today. Oh, thanks. Well, we start out by having you tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to work at the Chronicle. Well, when I uh, got out of college, I used to read a column by a guy named Bob Talbert in the Detroit Free Press, and uh, I read it long enough. I thought I can write this stuff, so I actually sent him some information or a column, and he uh, he printed it. He was having a contest. I thought that was my one shot, so I entered a column, and he uh, he picked it as the winner, and he printed it when he went on vacation, which is why I now do the same thing for people around here. And uh, it turned out I wrote, I was in his column about 250 times over the 10 years we were, you know, corresponding. And then he died, unfortunately, so I lost my pipeline to the free press, and I also had written stuff for, uh, I mean, I've, I've been in Mad Magazine and Sports Illustrated and some other publications. But I figured that was it for my writing career. And then uh, Summer Celebration, the Chronicle had an ad saying uh, they were looking for reviewers for Summer Celebration. If you wrote a review, you got 50 bucks and a free ticket. So I thought, oh, I can do that. So I submitted a resume, I guess, and they hired me to do an REO Speedwagon concert, which I did. And I had a connection to REO Speedwagon, by the way. I, uh, I crashed a party there when I was in school in East Lansing. And then I was discovered and unceremoniously removed. <laughs> but that was my REO. Kevin Cronin, the lead singer, spotted me and threw an apple at me. <laughs> but he went to my glove side, so I caught it, and then the bouncers threw us out. So I uh, I wrote 
some Contra reviews, and, and apparently I was the only one who ever wrote bad reviews. If Contra wasn't good, I said, you know, it wasn't good. So the Chronicle kind of liked that, and then let me do more concerts, and, you know, I was doing five or six a year, and um, uh, what happened then? Oh, then the famous Christmas Lights column. Uh, Jeff Alexander, my editor at the time, asked me to write a column on Christmas lights. These people sent stuff in, so I said, okay. So they sent them in, and then I went and looked at the houses, and I was kind of disappointed at the amount of effort I had to put into for how crappy these houses looked. <laughs> so I wrote a bad Christmas lights article, and that uh, got a lot of mail. So then Jeff asked uh, you know, if I wanted to do a column on the back page of a new section called Max, and I said yes, and that was it. They hired me. Great. How would you uh, describe your column in the chronicle um it's basically just whatever i'm thinking at that 20 minute portion of the day <laughs> it's usually sunday night rolls around which is my deadline and i go oh i better write a column and then uh whatever i'm thinking about i just start typing just sort of open up a vein and see what comes out it's uh it's it's not there's not i don't want to say not a lot of thought goes into it but it's not uh, i don't do a lot of research put it that way it's mostly off the top of my head kind of stuff there's there's no in, big involved process to. There is no process whatsoever. <laughs> I took a note once, and one time I looked up something on the internet. Other than that, it's uh, I pretty much wing it. <laughs> uh, what are you trying to accomplish with the columns? Uh, you know, make my Porsche payments. It's <laughs> just every week is a different week, so I, it's it's a it's a week to week thing. I, I'm not trying to accomplish anything. I'm not trying. There's no agenda. Uh, just. I write what I th- what I would like to read, so um, there's not in the not a lot in the paper for uh, middle aged middle class guys to read. So uh, that's why I try to write just stuff to, that I would like to read. Along the same lines as that, uh, what are some of the most memorable stories you've written? Memorable for me, for, the, Miss, me Mich- yeah, the Miss Michigan column comes to mind only because. Uh, of the heat I took for it, and having a whole bunch of uh, beauty queens angry at you at once is sort of a lifelong goal. Um, and the the Chronicle took a lot of heat. I took a lot of heat. People were calling my house, sending letters. Uh, and I, I actually thought it was kind of funny, so that was a good one. And um, it's fun about my dog when she uh, I took her walking, and I tried to do it on rollerblades and nearly perished. Uh, I thought that one came out pretty well. So... There's, uh, it's like asking which one's your favorite kid, I guess. But those are the ones that just leap to mind. <laughs> I thought it came out okay. Um, talking about you know some of the the letters that you get, <laughs> uh, some of the fan mail. Uh, how do you feel about the uh, editorials in response to your columns? Oh, I don't mind if people want to write in. At least it means they're reading. Um, I can't think of any that were offensive. I mean, where I read them, went like, "Oh, gee, I better change something because this person's mad." I think the red hat ladies. I think they grouped together and uh, decided to take me on because I noticed a lot of the same. Because sometimes they send them to me too, and they mention the fact that they're red hat ladies, and then I see the same names in the letters to the editor. So, but eventually, I'll win them over. I'm a nice guy. <laughs> but they, it doesn't affect me at all. They can write whatever they want. I don't care. They're easy to spot, though. <laughs> Th- thankfully for the red hats. Yes. See them coming at me. Yeah. Uh, now, s- since you don't live in Muskegon right now, uh, what makes you qualified to kind of write this pop culture column about the area? 
Well, other than, you know, sleep time, I spend most of my time here. I, I work in Muskegon. I was raised in Muskegon and still consider myself a Muskegonite, even though I live in Grand Haven. Um, and the only reason I live in Grand Haven or started living there is I used to work in Holland. I didn't want the bridge between me and work. So I moved to Grand Haven back when real estate prices were low, <laughs> which is a good move. Uh-huh. Um, but eventually I'll, I'll come back here next couple of years. I've, I've looked around at houses and the the prices are phenomenally low in Muskegon. I just got to find the right place, I guess. I'll be back. <laughs> All right. Uh you know, speaking about Muskegon, can you give me uh, you know three things that you like about the area? I like the Muskegon podcast. I think it's probably <laughs> the, best, the best thing to happen in Muskegon. Why, thank you. Since, uh, my column. Uh, I like the Fury. I like to go to Fury games. I like to, just because it's something to do downtown, you see a lot of people, you walk around. I, I like the winter sports complex. I'm on a luge team out there. Uh, unfortunately, there's no snow right now. and Sleds go slow on wood, but it'll come back. It'll snow. But I think the the winter sports complex is is very underrated. Um, I don't I don't know if in the area uh, west the um, amusement park gets enough press. I mean, Michigan's Adventure, Michigan's Adventure is, a, is a huge deal. And it's a huge draw for the community, and it seems like it gets a lot of negative press and not enough positive because it's it's really a, a fabulous place. It's clean, it's cheap, and. Uh, uh, it seems like a lot of people that go there are from out of town, and the the local people don't take advantage of it enough. And then, of course, the beaches and all the you know, what used to be nightlife. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a nice place. Ah, uh, uh, the nightlife. Uh, <laughs> the that, nightlife. That kind of leads into my uh, leads into my Singular. next question. Uh, what are some of the things that you think you know need improvement in Muskegon, and in, in particular downtown? Uh, they can wet down the sand a little bit, so. The mall doesn't blow around as, as much. Uh, I think one thing that needs to be improved is there's nothing. It's it's like there's stuff to do until you're 18, and there's stuff to do after you're 30. But it seems like there's a big gap there. There used to be when I was in my 20s, there was a lot of stuff to do in Muskegon, and I just don't see it for the uh, for the younger generation. I don't I don't see what would make them want to stay here. There's there's really not too much in the newspaper geared towards them. Uh, the bars aren't really uh, what they used to be. Um, and, uh, I, I think some more focus needs to stay there because that's, that's the next group coming up. All us, uh, older guys, we're already here and we're not going anywhere. So, uh, I would, I would try to aim for the 20 to 30 year old group and try to find something for them to do. Is there anything in particular, you know, think about to your days of, a. Uh 20 something because you know i i've, I've made they're the same comment <laughs> they're it's just a smudge in my brain right now my 20s but yeah yeah definitely i mean suggestions on what they should do around here yeah and what would you like to see you know downtown there's a big development going on big push to redevelop the mall area and you know get things happening well, downtown i think for one thing there needs to be a uh, let's just take Grand Haven for for example, or Saugatuck. Uh, there's a bunch of bars right next to each other, or a bunch of restaurants. It's, they're all in a group, so you can walk from one to the other to the other, and you can eat dinner at one place and walk right next door to a bar, and then you know afterwards go to a coffee shop. And in Muskegon, there just isn't that. There's no central location where you can hit all the things at once and uh, still crawl home. Because I, I don't live too far from downtown Grand Haven, so it's very convenient. You can walk down there and go to bar to bar to bar to bar. Ride your bike, walk back. You know, it's, and in Muskegon, there's there's really nothing close to where anyone lives. Is the problem? 
Yep. All right. Kind of to uh, touch on my last question here. Uh, you have one minute alone with a complete stranger who has never heard of Muskegon. <laughs> how, how is that possible? <laughs> it's world famous. How would you uh, describe Muskegon to them? To someone who'd never seen it before, would they be here with me? Well, I, I would say it's a—it's uh, got the greatest natural resources probably in the Midwest, and they're completely unused or, or unappreciated. We've got three lakes: Lake Michigan, Mono Lake, and Muskegon Lake. Surrounding—it's like a peninsula of Muskegon. You got—you've got—you've got wildlife. You've got all the natural stuff, and just—it's been either abused or, or not focused upon. And. Uh, if they just switched a few things around and say, if they took Michigan's adventure and put it where the paper mill is and just swapped those two businesses, you're, you're gold. But, um, there's a lot of stuff to do here. You just got to go find it. It's the problem. And, uh, there's, there's no place that really funnels you into where the fun is like they do in a Grand Haven or Saugatuck or even uh, Montague or Whitehall or somewhere. It just seems to be too spread out. So. Well, thank you very much. Do you have any, uh, Parting words for your uh, fans and uh, detractors. <laughs> fans, plural. That's pretty nice. <laughs> Not just my mom. No, uh, just I hope you keep reading and I'll keep trying to slip stuff past the editors. That's all I can say. Uh, otherwise, thanks. I think the I think the podcast is a good idea. I think s- there aren't there aren't enough people doing positive things from Muskegon, where there uh, it's it's like there's a lot of people backpedaling. It's like the prevent defense, you know, that always costs you the game. There's too much prevention going on here and, and not enough people taking a little risk and trying to make this a more exciting place you've got uh like chris kelly who was in here uh last week's interview i believe you know some people that are putting their money in downtown and putting their money in muskegon and aren't afraid to to take a chance uh hobie thrasher is another one or um you know you, you need that core group of people that want to invest and have faith in the city and uh other than the investment part, I'm one of them. <laughs> I like I like to try to think the column tries to add something to the city of Muskegon, something for people to read that makes them think a little bit. And I try to throw people's names in now and then or whatever. But uh, I still have faith, and I'm not going anywhere. All right. Well, thank you very much, Tracy. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Jason. As you can tell, I had a lot of fun with the interview with Tracy. And I think the important thing about him is, and what makes him different from other journalists, is that he is a columnist and he's not a beat reporter or a reporter in general. His columns by nature are supposed to be his opinion and take on issues in life here in Muskegon. He's not necessarily trying to rip Muskegon or hurricane victims or beauty pageant contestants just because he makes fun of you know, wetting down the dirt in the mall area doesn't mean he's anti-downtown Muskegon. And one of his favorite things to do in Muskegon is to go to Fury Games downtown. And, you know, when I asked him, he had a lot of good suggestions on what we need to do and what needs to be done to make downtown Muskegon a success. So, in my opinion, we are very, very fortunate to have a columnist like Tracy Lorenz here in Muskegon. I want to draw your attention to a couple things he said in the interview. He's had 250 columns published in the Detroit Free Press. 
and now he's writing here in Muskegon. I think that's something that we need to, you know, start appreciating a little bit more. And just like, you know, all the columnists and all the feature writers. Now, if you don't like what Tracy says, by all means, write a letter to the editor or email him. But what I would ask with him or with, you know, Dave Alexander, if he writes something that isn't necessarily pro-Muskegon or even, you know, someone like Mitch Album, is that when you, you know, when you write that letter or send off that email, be respectful. And the one parallel I can draw is maybe to, to business and to email. Now, you know, if you think of it this way, sometimes clients might not be 100% happy with what you did for them. And likewise, you might not be thrilled about how your clients or customers are sometimes have unrealistic demands. So what do you do? I mean, far too many times in the heat of the moment, you sit down at your computer and you compose a venomous email full of, you did this and you did that and I'm not happy about it, so what are you going to do to make me happy? And you get so worked up that your emotions get in the way of logic and reason. And, you know, in those kind of situations, my rule of thumb is if you wouldn't say you know, what you've written in that email or letter to the person face-to-face, then don't write it. Uh, And I think the same thing can be applied to letters to the editor or complaints about any issue or complaints about any business. And far too many times it seems like, you know, all of us, myself included, will let our emotions get in the way. So maybe next time you read an article in the Chronicle that rubs you the wrong way, you know, let it sit in the drawer overnight and come back to it the next day. If you still feel that way the same day, then by all means, you know, write a letter, um, but try to remain calm and objective. You know, just like the First Amendment protects your right to write whatever you want, it also protects the right of the uh, of the journalist to do the same. And, you know, this definitely relates to uh, Tracy. And, you know, I, I always don't agree with what he says about Muskegon. Sometimes, you know, it kind of makes me makes me wonder you know, what his agenda is. But after sitting down and talk with, talking with him, I think you can kind of, you know, see where he's coming from and at least appreciate his perspective. And how boring of a place would this be if you agreed with absolutely everything that was written in the paper or shown on TV? I mean, that's definitely not the kind of place I want to live. You know, a great example of what I suggested about not putting anything in writing that you wouldn't say to someone's face is, um, a line that I can take out of his, uh, you know, infamous column on the Michigan pageant. Quote, lest anyone think this is a hit and run column, I'd like it to be known that I'll be lunching with the girls today and fully expect to be beaten to death with a baton by 1230. End quote. And, you know, I think that kind of says it all. He's not afraid to write what he writes. And uh, even with the Miss Michigan thing, he was, you know, seeing the contestants right after it was published. So what I don't want to see is I don't want to see Tracy get frustrated Um, which he said he doesn't do in the interview, you know, with all the feedback, but it would seem like all the letters would eventually have to get to him and, you know, stop writing his column or worse yet, stop writing what he thinks and feel like he has to be censored to make uh, people happy. I mean, just kind of enjoy it for what it is. If you, if you don't agree, don't read it. Um, but I would say it's something we're really fortunate to have around here. And I posted in the show notes, some links to Tracy's articles, um, that are on his blog, that incidentally he doesn't even put together a fan down in Alabama does. And I'll put that link in there, but it's uh Lorenz at large dot blogspot dot com. So whether you agree or disagree with any of his columns or my opinion on you know Tracy Lorenz, you can email Tracy at Lorenz at large at AOL dot com 
or definitely send an email off to me at jason at insidemuskegon.com. Now I wanted to move on to some listener feedback. Got a lot of great comments on the Chris Kelly interview. It seemed to really have sparked some interest with people. And, you know, Chris is a pretty well-known person here in the community. You know, what he does is something that I think we can all kind of sit back and hope that other people start to follow his example. And the first comment is from Elizabeth in Muskegon. And she says, I've had the pleasure to work with Chris. He is energetically committed to make things happen in Muskegon. Kudos and thanks to Jason for bringing these Inside Muskegon issues to listeners far and wide. Well, thank you very much, Elizabeth. I appreciate that comment. Our next comment was posted on the website. And usually if I don't give a name with the uh, comment or the feedback, it just happens to be someone who posted it anonymously who didn't want to post their name with it. And this one is um, and this one is one of those uh, such emails or one of those such postings. And they say, I think the effort to develop downtown Muskegon on the part of private developers like Mr. Kelly and others is positive. The fact that the city of Muskegon has secured smart zone and renaissance zone designations are also a step forward. But I want to know what is going to happen to make this generation's attempt on developing downtown any different than the old mall in 1976. You know, I think that is an excellent comment, and I'm glad that someone took the time to you know, at least question what was uh, not necessarily being said in the interview, but with what's happening downtown. And I think that's a great comment, and I appreciate uh, you posting that to the website. And whoever did that, if you wanted to find out the answer there, I think a great thing to do would be to contact uh, Dan Rinsamasibinga with the Muskegon Main Street program or the Chamber of Commerce. They always seem to be on top of what's happening. Or you could even try the City of Muskegon uh, Community Foundation or DMDC. Or if you wanted to go back in the podcast archive, that's kind of the great thing about podcasts. If you missed episode number one or number three, I uh, talked to Cindy Larson with the Chamber in episode number one and Dan Rinsamasibinga in episode number three. We kind of touched on all those things. And I think, you know, they'd welcome your calls and be happy to talk to you about that before. So. I'm going to go on now to our last comment, and this is another comment from Orville and Fruitport, and Orville is one of the great supporters of this podcast, and I truly appreciate all his feedback, and he gives me lots of uh, suggestions that I can apply, and you know, he's another very enthusiastic Muskegon area business person that is doing some great things, and I think definitely we'll have to get him on as a future guest to you know, talk about what he's doing in his business here in Muskegon. And on to his comment, he says that I think Chris Kelly and his group are some of the real heroes of the emerging cool Muskegon. Thank you, Chris. Lots of people know that you've taken the road less traveled for the benefit of Muskegon. Thanks once again, Orville. I appreciate your continued support on the podcast. That brings us to the conclusion of episode number seven of Inside Muskegon. For more information, visit our website at InsideMuskegon.com. Inside Muskegon is produced by Jeremy Sear. For Inside Muskegon, I'm Jason Pisecki. Feedback is welcome at jason at insidemuskegon.com. This has been Inside Muskegon, the podcast featuring Jason Pisecki. Feedback is welcome at insidemuskegon.com. <laughs>